City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Welcome into another edition of the Stinger Podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. I am your host, Eric Barnes. I've got my co-host with me, Atticus Ferguson. Atticus, how you doing today? Eric, I'm doing good. We're you know getting closer to the draft. We've got the Hornets in the headlines. This is not something that we're used to during the regular season or really at all here in Charlotte. So, uh, you know, as we move forward to the draft, I'm sure that'll kick up more. We've got some uh, some potential draft trades that are going on. So it's very exciting times here in the 704. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. I mean, how often is are the Charlotte Hornets the the center of the NBA world? And right now, it seems like half the league wants to trade up for Scooby Henderson. And that is what we're going to get into today. Um, but before we get into that, on our last podcast, which was our first podcast, I think we were so eager to get into the Scoot versus Brandon Miller debate, we forgot to mention a little bit about ourselves. Uh, so I just kind of want to let the listener know a little bit more about myself as well as you, so y'all can kind of get to know us a little bit better. Um, for me, I've been writing for All Hornets for about a year now, uh, helping out Skyler and James, who do great work. Um, always been uh, interested in the Hornets, interested in all Carolina sports, Panthers, Tar Heels, ECU Pirates, of course. Um, yeah. Um, what about yourself, Atticus? Tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah, Eric. So it's funny. Um, you and I knew each other in college somewhat. Like we weren't like close friends or anything like that. I don't even think I like had your number or anything. It was kind of the type of thing where we'd bump into each other at a bar and say hello. Uh, but we ended up following each other on social media and, and both found out that we had a, a mutual love for the Hornets. And eventually we would end up DMing each other, texting each other, and kind of following each other that way with our Hornets fandom. Uh, so I saw you had this gig with all Hornets, and I thought that was pretty cool. And then I, eventually you reached out to me after we had been talking Hornets for a while and, and asked if I wanted to do this podcast. So uh, you know, I said absolutely jumped on it. So that's kind of how this whole uh, marriage came to be. But uh, very excited to be doing this, and uh, now, which is now our second episode here. Like you said, I think we were just so eager to get going and uh, so green in, in that sense that we forgot to tell people who we are. So excited to be doing this, excited to be here doing now our second episode, and uh, excited to be discussing the Hornets potentially moving the number two pick and, and dominating the headlines. Like you were saying, it's it's funny, you know, the NFL world revolved around the Carolina Panthers for so many weeks and months there after they traded up for the, for the number one pick, and now the draft's really starting at two in the NBA draft and all eyes are on the Hornets. So some attention we're not used to here in the Carolinas, but we're certainly enjoying uh, every minute of it. That's right. Uh, and we, we have known each other for some time, but like you mentioned, our uh, love for the Hornets kind of brought us a little bit closer. And, and here we are today discussing what's going to go on in the draft once again. Um, so quick breakdown for today's podcast. So, going to kind of break it down in three segments. At the beginning, what we're going to do, we're going to review um, some work that James Fowry and Skylar Callahan did. Uh, they they brought up a, a couple of mock trades for the Hornets and the Pelicans once the news dropped. I believe it was yesterday. Um, so we're going to do that first. And the second segment, we're going to look into if, if the Hornets did do a trade with the Pelicans, which star would you prefer? Would you prefer Zion Williamson? Uh, Duke University grad or Brandon Ingram, who also went to Duke uh, and kind of give the pros and cons there. 
And then to uh, end it all, we are going to kind of go over what kind of trade package would get Hornets fans excited to do a deal with the Pelicans. I know we got a lot of Scoot Henderson fans out there. We've, we've probably got a little bit smaller of a camp on the Brandon Miller side, but both of these guys uh, seem to interest th- this Hornets fan base a lot. So I do think if the Hornets trade this pick, it is uh, going to take quite a bit. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it here. Let me bring up uh, the articles I got from James and Skyler. So the first one I will go over. Um, so here's what it looks like. It's got Brandon Ingram, Herbert Jones, a 2026 first round pick via Milwaukee and the, or actually a 2024 first round pick to go on top of that 2026 for Gordon Hayward and the second pick in the draft. What are your thoughts on a trade that looks like this Atticus? Yeah. So right off the bat, this is pretty interesting for, uh, multiple reasons right um so one thing a lot of fans are pointing out and this will be a common theme as we go through both of these trade proposals is brandon ingram and the health concerns right he's had some issues he's been doing with recently with staying on the court and obviously if you've been paying attention to the hornets that was a big issue for them last season you know lamello's had issues every season he's been on the team so injuries are something that i I think really make this fan base uh you know pretty uh trigger shy there I'm not sure how the front office would uh, react to that necessarily. Uh, it, it is interesting too, because Brandon Ingram is a guy who I think Brandon Miller, and I, I'm interested to see how many times we're going to get those guys confused. And, <laughs> and Ingram and Brandon Miller when we mean the other one, but it's interesting because both of those guys, you know, I, I think Brandon Miller projects to play a lot like Brandon Ingram. So I think if you're trading that pick and you want someone like that, it's all, it almost makes more sense to me to stick with the second pick take Brandon Miller. He fits the timeline now a little bit better. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to be a lot cheaper. Uh, but but it is interesting to bring in, a, you know, we haven't brought in a, a vet like this in Brandon Ingram other than uh, Gordon Hayward, who's had his health issues as well. So it would be interesting to see what a presence like this could add to the team uh, if Brandon Ingram could come in and stay healthy. I think he could kind of play that Gordon Hayward role, but to, to a much more, uh, you know, to a much higher degree. What, what are your yeah. thoughts on this? Well, if for anyone that listened to the last pod, they probably know that I prefer my players long and can shoot. That's kind of my theory when you're building a team, right? And that's Brandon Ingram. So, like, for someone that really likes Brandon Miller, like, Brandon Ingram should be – I mean, he's very enticing. He kind of brings that to the table. Also, you see in the NBA, a lot of these players, you know, in our society, we want everything to happen immediately. Uh, but if you look at the NBA, a lot of times – it really doesn't happen immediately. I mean, even Steph Curry, you see it this year with the, with the Joker. It normally takes guys really five, six, seven, eight years to really become who they're going to be and really reach their prime and create their legacy. At this point, Brandon Ingram's kind of already went through that infant part of his NBA career. He's 25 right now, I believe. So if you do make that trade, if you're kind of focused on, you know, putting uh, or stacking some wins up, um, and advancing the playoffs next year, Brandon Ingram maybe could fast track that for you. Um, now, the question always is when you have rookies, it's your imagination can run wild. You know, what can they be? Um, and with the new CBA, you would, we would be very happy if Brandon Miller became Brandon Ingram. But with this new CBA, there is an advantage to having, um, 
Brandon Miller on that rookie scale contract for four years. Um, Cause you still got some vets on the team that are continue to, to grow into their prime. Um, so it is a very interesting scenario to consider. Um, and, and I also like Herbert Jones in there. I mean, if you get Herbert Jones, I mean, we've been talking years for the Hornets seem to get better at defense. Now, granted, we got a little bit better last year with the addition of Mark Williams as well as Dennis Smith, but a premier wing defender like Herbert Jones, I think could do wonders for this team. So I think that is a good return. I don't know if that's enough for the Hornets front office to say yes. And I don't know if I would do it or not, uh, which we'll get into that a little bit more later. What I want to do now is, um, well, before we move on, do you have anything left on that deal that that you wanted to go into? No, not really. I mean, I I just think it's interesting. I, I like what you said about the new CBA. Um, I, I think the biggest thing there is is keeping guys cheap and keeping everybody on the same timeline. I just I just wonder I worry, excuse me, about Brandon Ingram. By the time this team is really ready to win and do some significant damage in the playoffs, by the time our younger guys have really developed into you know kind of their early years of their prime, I kind of worry a guy like Brandon Ingram is going to be on the decline. So timeline wise, and I know we'll get into you know what we would and what do later, but timeline wise, I would kind of worry he would help you win now. But the Hornets clearly aren't in win now mode, so that would kind of, you know, make me a little bit uh, more eager to shy away from that one. Um, right. So right. I mean, all great points. All great points. So let's check out this Zion Williamson. I believe Skyler and, and James did together this one. So this one is very cut and dry, uh, very simple, easy to match terms. So you got Zion Williamson and the 14th pick in the 2023 draft. Coming to the Hornets, and that will cost you Gordon Hayward in the last year of his contract and the second pick overall, of course. Um, what do you think of this deal, Atticus? Yeah, so it's interesting. James also mentions in this blog article that he wrote up that this would most likely mean that the Hornets would retain P.J. Washington and get rid of Miles Bridges. And that's interesting for a litany of reasons there as well. Uh, we know Miles and Lamelo have that on the court chemistry and have a you know a really tight friendship off the court. So getting rid of that, you know, that's interesting, and to see how that impacts the long term chances of Lamelo Ball staying at Charlotte. So anything that involves potentially getting rid of Miles Bridges, uh, if you're someone who's very paranoid about losing Lamelo Ball long term, uh, I, I think this is something that could potentially worry you now. If you bring in a guy like Zion Williamson to replace him and Zion's healthy, I'm not, I, I think that's the type of thing where he may be able to get over that a little bit quicker, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Zion's going to be a little similar to Miles Bridges um, in, in the way they play. He's going to put that pressure on the rim. He's going to attack. You know, He can shoot the ball uh, at a decent clip there. Uh, if, if he can stay healthy, I mean, the, the amount of sports center uh, clips the Hornets are going to be on, the, the, the excitement around the team, and they're going to be so fun to watch. And, he can really add an element and just bully people down low and do some things that we really just can't do right now. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I mean, go ahead. Well, with Zion, he's box office. You already have LaMelo Ball box office. You put Zion and everything that comes with him, the brand that he's built, you put them two together. We already see what Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball look like. If you get Zion Williamson in here, I mean, you have your Lob City 2.0. I mean, it finally happened. Um, questions probably started to come in with the shooting. Um, and then, of course, the big question, more than anything, can he stay healthy? He, I think he's played, without having it in front of me, I, it was like 20-some-odd games, 60 games. 
um, didn't play for a year, and then this year he played like 30 games. Now, if he if the light clicks, changes scenery, everything works out for him, um, if he does, we'll just say average 60 games a year, then you probably do pretty well in that trade. But you do have that concern that, is this dude ever going to play basketball on a consistent basis? And if he doesn't, you're throwing away what could be, you know, all-star and Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller for a guy like Zion who just can't get on the court. This this thing is probably more popular in football, but your best ability is availability. And if you're not available, then you don't have any chance to win anyhow. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be clear. If the Hornets were guaranteed 60 games out of Zion, they're doing this trade. If the Pelicans were guaranteed 60 games out of Zion, they're not dangling them out there, right? This is a completely yeah. different conversation if the, if the hell concerns aren't there. Zion, I think, would pretty much be untouchable for just about anyone in the league if there weren't the health concerns, um, and, and he would be a no-brainer in this situation, right? Uh, but but there are those health concerns. Uh, there's the off-the-court stuff as well, which you can get into, you know, how much that impacts uh, you know, your stock in Zion Williamson. Some people don't care about it at all. I don't know how much the front offices around the league really care about it, but it is a factor, and that is a very real thing as well there. Yeah, I mean, obviously to this point, again, I think we talked about it on bits and pieces on our last podcast. I mean, it just goes back to judgment. I mean, I'm not saying guys can't have fun, but based off the happenings on social media in the last couple of weeks, obviously. (laughs) Right, right. So – We'll kind of close out this segment with that. Um, Went over a couple of those trades. In our next segment, what we're going to get into between these two guys, who would we prefer? Would we prefer Brandon Ingram or will we prefer Zion Williamson? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson, who do you prefer? Who would you prefer for the Hornets? If you were the GM, if you were Mitch Kupchak, who would you take in a deal? If you were going to do a deal, Atticus, who would you take between those two if you could choose? Yeah, see, so I've been really torn on this question and and tinkering with it, right? On one hand, Zion, he's younger. He kind of fits the Hornets' timeline and the vision. Uh, so, so part of me says Zion for that reason, even though you're taking an enormous gamble with his health, part of me leans towards Brandon Ingram just because he fits that wing slot that we don't have now. He, he, every pro about him is the pros that you would have for drafting Brandon Miller, right? It's all the same reasons that you would want to get Brandon Miller on this team. That's why you'd want Brandon Ingram, but he's already proven that he can do it at the NBA level. Right? Uh, so I, I lean towards Brandon Ingram just because you know, there is a reason why we're looking at Brandon Miller so heavily. He would be a great fit. Brandon Ingram yep. comes in, and he's already a proven high-level NBA player um, who fills a need and can do everything that we're hoping Brandon Miller will do if he comes to Charlotte. Uh, so for that reason, and just because there's less health concerns, uh, and even though he's missed a lot of games in the past couple of years, uh, his body seems like it could hold up more, whereas Zion, he entered the league with questions about, you know, will his body hold up long-term? 
you know, will he be able to clean up his diet, things like this. And so far, um, all of those suspicions have just been amplified. So I, I trust Brandon Ingram to stay healthy more long term, uh, and he fits a need. So for that reason, I'd go with him. Um, but I'd be nervous to do so because, again, Zion really does fit that timeline well. And if he does get healthy, you're going to be kicking yourself in the butt for not going with Zion there. What do you think? You know, it, it's interesting because when I first got the news or when I first saw the news from from Shams with with Stadium, I was I was thinking if if the Hornets were to make a trade, if we were going to do a deal with the Pelicans, I prefer Brandon Ingram because, like we touched on earlier and, and on recent episodes, that's just my belief. You got to get a wing. It's a wings league. You get a six nine week. Brandon Ingram's got some playmaking ability. He can obviously shoot the ball a little bit. Um, he doesn't really have the concerns inside the arc that currently exists for Brandon Miller. Um, so he would be a clean fit. But as I started thinking about it more and more, one, not only the, the additional eyeballs Zion would add to this franchise, which we need notoriety. I mean, my number one goal is to win or it would be to win, but this franchise does just need to be some sort of relevance. Like you saw the Sacramento Kings this year. They kind of became relevant, like the beam, and you know, it, it almost felt like the country was rooting for him for a while. America um, so, That's right. <laughs> so Zion, he he would add that element to the Hornets. But when I, what really made me start leaning towards Zion was thinking about how him and Lamelo fit. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's the upside that he would bring. Um, I think Ingram would be rock solid; would be great for the Hornets, but. If you get Zion, who averaged 27 a game his rookie year, um, and if he comes and you get 60 games a year out of him, the upside you have with him and LaMelo, I mean, you you could be talking an Eastern Conference Finals, maybe NBA Finals. I uh, don't want to get too ambitious, but that is a realistic outcome. With Brandon Ingram, I don't know if you're necessarily getting that. Um, and Brandon Ingram would fit fine with LaMelo, but then again – it's like we talked with Brandon Miller. They kind of, in a way, have the same skill sets. They can shoot the ball. They're good passers. Um, not fantastic at putting pressure on the rim. But for the upside, I probably lean Zion in this scenario. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, the, the Brandon Ingram, like it's not like that would be a disaster. But it just doesn't make sense with Brandon Miller there too, right? All the reports are saying that the Hornets have done their due diligence with everything in Tuscaloosa. They don't really have any concerns of the off-the-court issue that he had there. Um, so it would be one thing if they were really concerned about that and they wanted to fill that role and they didn't feel comfortable doing it with Brandon Miller. But since they are comfortable with drafting Brandon Miller and it's just coming down to him or Scoot, if you want to fill that role, go with the younger guy who fits the timeline, who's going to be cheaper, like you mentioned with the new CBA that's even more advantageous now than it ever has been. Yeah, uh, and I think that's something, too, that a lot of people don't think of, which I don't blame them uh, because we haven't seen it in effect yet. But this new CBA is going to entirely change the league. I mean, mm-hmm. with you talking about the second tax apron, now that's that could be an entirely different episode in and of itself, so I don't want to go too far into that. But this is something I really think we've seen the three-star league for a while. I think we're really going to start leaning into more of this two-star league. And with that being the case and these teams not being able to hoard all these superstars, there will be more opportunities like the one we're discussing right now for the Charlotte Hornets to go out and find some of these really talented guys to to come in and play ball for the Hornets. You know, one more thing, too. I know my answer was Ingram, 
Um, but one more pro that you could add in the column for Zion. Uh, so Charlotte's not necessarily, I mean, you hear Mitch Kupchak say, we're not going to go big game hunting, right? right? We're not necessarily a market that's a huge free agent destination. Well, all of a sudden you have a star in the mellow ball that people want to play for both for his personality and because he's a very attractive player for a second superstar to pair up with because he is yeah. so unselfish and such a great teammate. Uh, you have the mellow ball and Zion Williamson on, on a team. All of a sudden I know Charlotte's not the biggest free agent market, but that becomes much more attractive to come play for the Charlotte Hornets. I think now more than it ever has been if Zion and Lamelo are paired up on this team. I think it's a little bit easier to pitch free agents when you have those guys on the team than it is with just Lamelo, right? Yeah, and well, and to me, outside of the reports that you know NJ may not be the most willing to spend in the NBA, we'll put it that way. <laughs> I understand that you know we're not a historic franchise or anything like that, but I think the real reason that everyone just kind of writes Charlotte off like they're no good is just because we've never really had the talent. But the old saying, "If you build it, they will come," and I think that applies here. Just like to your point, you get Zion, you get Lamelo. Things start going well. You have a winning season or two. You make the playoffs. You get to the second round. At that point, you know, sharpshooters, defenders are going to want to come in and kind of just be a part of that system and be a part of that machine if they see a vision of, you know, I can actually play a really good role here and we have a chance at winning here. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a very interesting proposition. I don't know if it, it'll come to fruition, uh, but it, it's definitely fun to talk about at least. Yeah, and, and another thing I think too, and this is kind of just be my last point on this topic, but you know, it's funny. Some people may argue, well, if Charlotte goes to Zion, if Zion goes to Charlotte, excuse me, no one's going to care. You know, he's going to get buried there, and no one's going to watch. I, I think Zion, he's one of those players that had such a big pull. You know, oh, the, yeah. the outlets like ESPN, you know, your sports centers, they want to cover Zion so badly. It's he's not, he's I don't want to compare him to LeBron, but it's sort of similar to LeBron in the sense that. LeBron's in Cleveland, Miami, or LA. He's a big yeah. thing, and he's a he's the first, he's the biggest story in the league, right? Now, obviously, if he's in a market like Miami or LA, is it a little bit of a bigger story than when he's in a Cleveland? Sure, but I think I think Zion's going to be a huge story no matter where he's at. Uh, and then you pair him with the mellow ball, that's going to be amplified. So I think that's going to bring a coverage and an attention and a limelight to Charlotte that we may never see again if, if you pair those two superstars up. So. Uh, and uh, if anyone tries to come out and say that they think that Zion will get buried in Charlotte, I would firmly disagree. I think he's such a big story. He's such a big show. You could put him in Alaska and, and, and you're going to be leading out with sports center. If he has one of those three sixty dunks. No, I mean, I mean, I agree. And talking about kind of bringing buzz to Charlotte at the end of the day, the reason why they have this business, business it's it's a business it's about money it's about eyeballs and zion is going to bring those eyeballs we know Lamelo brings eyeballs i would say scoot kind of falls in that category too of just people want to know what he's doing like he, he just has a, a big following um and, and kind of going off that so let's let's transition into the last segment of our podcast so if there was a trade to happen with the pelicans and the hornets what type of trade would make Hornets fans happy? Because I know there's a lot of people that like Scoot Henderson. There's you know, also a fair share of people that also are pretty interested in Brandon Miller, too, that I've seen. And there is something to be said about growing it organically, drafting your guys, growing it together, and all that. So for a trade to happen, I think it would have to be something that fans would be like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I would love to have Scoot Henderson, but we just got – 
like the Rudy Gobert trade, five first round picks and three players. So there's no way I can be mad at that. The deal is just too good to pass up. Um, so what type of deals when you're looking at the Pelicans and the Hornets that they could potentially make, what do you think is something where the Hornets fan base would say, Hey, that's a great deal. You know, I would have loved scoop, but, but this is great. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's going to have to be a Rudy Gobert type, um, unprecedented package. I think, obviously I don't think it's realistic to get Brandon Ingram, uh, and Zion. I don't know why the Pelicans would be interested in doing that. Obviously, hey, how much do you love Scoop? How much yeah. do you want him? Do you want him? Okay, maybe give us both a couple picks. Yeah, yeah. If we get both of those guys and a couple picks, I think that's the type of thing where that's an obvious fleecing. Um, right. I would almost be hesitant to wonder why they're so willing to give that right. much up. But um, and also, if they're willing to give that much up, uh, either they don't value those guys, and that's a red flag, or they value Scoot so high. We need to figure out why they value Scoot so high. Right. Maybe just take him. Um, well, and and I also just don't think that's very realistic to get both yeah, of them. Um, I think it's gonna have it would have to be something that would be yeah. viewed right now as an unrealistic trade. It would have to be that or Ingram, uh, Trey Murphy, Herbert Jones, and a bunch of picks, kind of like that Rudy Gobert trade, right? A nice player, two really nice role players, and just a litany of picks, an absolute multitude of picks, and them taking on like a Gordon Hayward contract as well, or a Terry Rozier contract, like them you know dumping some money uh which i'm assuming we have to do to make the money work anyway um so getting off of some bad contracts giving us stars and draft picks something that it's going to be have to be something that i don't think any other the the pelicans or if another team enters this race it's going to have to be something that i don't think other teams are going to be willing to do so i appreciate the hornets fielding calls you know it would be negligent to not do it you got to do your due diligence and see what people are offering but I think it's going to have to be uh, – there was a quote today. They want, like, the stars, the moon, and uh, maybe some beachfront property. I can't yeah. From, but, yeah, it's it's going to – I think it's going to take a lot. So I like that they're fielding calls, and I like that they're playing hardball, right. and they're not going to give it up for, for cheap. You know, we've got the yeah. leverage here. We need to, If someone's going to be doing the fleecing, it's going to be Mitch Kupchak and, and his guys, I think. Right. Well, and to go back to the beginning of that point with – you know, we would if what something were to happen, Zion and Brandon Ingram both would be great. Well, if you do do that, you also get all their money. So that's kind of a whole different situation of not knowing how realistic that is. But also, I don't think they would do that in any way. The idea is to bring Scoot in to play alongside of at least one of those two guys who they see as their centerpiece. One thing that makes sense, right? So that that's probably not realistic. Um, yeah. But for me, something that I think would be somewhat realistic, I mean, it would still be a lot for them to give up. Um, but guys like Trey Murphy and Dyson Daniels, I don't know how much our listeners know about those guys, but I know going back to the draft process, I was very high on both of those guys. Trey Murphy, in a way, is built from the same vein as Brandon Miller, 6'9", three-point specialist, 90% from the line. He was in the dunk contest last year, so he's got some good athleticism. Now, he's probably not quite the playmaker Brandon Miller is, but he has the archetype and the skill set, and he's only 22 years old. I mean, there's still a good bit of room for growth for him to continue to get better. So if you give me something like Zion, which is for the upside I was talking about earlier, Trey Murphy, who kind of is that Brandon Ingram archetype in a way, uh, and then Dyson Daniels, who to me, for guys not familiar with Dyson Daniels, I would compare him to like Alonzo Ball type archetype, big guard, um, can get to the paint a little bit, great defender, um, and a shot that isn't 
great right now, but there's enough there to make you think that he's going to continue to grow that shot and just be a really good connecting piece for, for whatever team he plays on. So I think it would have to look something like that. And then also picks or pick swaps, because at the end of the day, like mentioned earlier, when it comes to fans, the best way to invigorate your fan base and get them emotionally involved is to grow it organically and draft all your guys. We already have guys like PJ Miles, Mark Williams, even guys like Bryce McGowan's who I'm not not bringing in, you know, really good players because of Bryce McGowan's, but there is something there and you want roles for them. If you keep trading for all these guys, well, then you're going to have to get rid of other guys. So it's kind of a, uh, a you know, can you do this? Can you keep these guys? It's, there's a lot of moving parts going on there. Yeah. No, I mean, one thing's for certain. The If both if both of these teams really want to get this deal done for some reason, you know, the, the assets are there with the draft picks, the players, the contracts. Like, yeah, we need to make it work. But, it, you know, who, who's willing to dance and play ball uh, and meet the other one's offers? That's, that's I think, the biggest thing. Um, and, Eric, one more thing before we go here. Um, I wanted to touch on – kind of our general opinions on do we think the Hornets should trade this pick or not just flatly, right? Like, is there a package you've seen that intrigues you that you would do it for? Is there a package that you've come up with in your head or are you just flatly saying, no, stick with the second pick and, and take either Scoot or Brandon Miller? What, what are open up with your thoughts there? And I've got some thoughts I want to share as well, but I want to let you start off there. So generally my gut says no i want to keep the pick kind of like i talked about i want to grow it organically i want to see these guys from their rookie year grow with Lamelo, grow with miles grow with mark um and, and just see where it leads us it does take time like we saw the nuggets you know eight years you know they could have blown things up but they kept with it added a little piece here or there and they hoisted the uh larry o'brien trophy um so I do lean that way, but a deal like I mentioned uh, just a few moments ago, Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, Zion, and then picks or pick swaps on top of that. When you get to that level, you've really gauged my interest because I, I believe in Dyson as a point guard, combo guard type of player, great defender. I'm a big believer in Trey Murphy, and, and we all kind of know what Zion can do. He's just got to stay healthy and get on the court. So all that for a guy that's never stepped foot on an NBA floor and then some contract filler with Gordon Hayward, who's probably not even going to be here after the 23-24 season anyway. That is definitely something that piques my interest. But in my gut, I kind of just want to grow it organically and uh, let these young guys continue to grow together. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I lean the same way. I wouldn't even say I lean the same way. I'm firmly in the do not move the second pick. I, I'm fine with Mitch taking calls. Again, you've got to take calls, do your due diligence there. Um, it's not like it's Wimby, right? You know, it's it's not a total unicorn. You got you got to take the calls, but no, I, I firmly think that we should stay with the second pick for a litany of reasons. Um, you know, obviously, I'm I'm in the camp of taking Scoot. Uh, one of the reasons I want to keep that pick is just so we can get him in. He fits the timeline. But another thing is, you know, you're, you're looking at these two guys that you're you know, you're either going to get Brandon Ingram uh, in a package around him, or you're going to get Zion Williamson in a package based around him. Uh, so I'll kind of just go through both of those quickly. So Zion Williamson, I'm out on a uh, trade package revolving around him because uh, what are the last two things that the Charlotte Hornets need? Uh, <laughs> more injury concerns and immaturity and off-the-court issues. Yeah, uh, but, and that's the Zion package. All and, the talent in the world, but those are the questions. Yeah, all the talent in the world, but a lot of noise off the court and a lot of a lot of street clothes, as Charles Barkley would say. So – for that, for that reason, I'm out on Zion. Brandon Ingram, 
uh, for kind of the reasons I mentioned earlier, if you want that archetype, just go get Brandon Miller. He's available there at number two. Uh, you may even, you know, if everyone's trying to trade up for Scoot, there may be a world where you can trade the second pick and then maybe even trade up with Portland for the third pick and still get Brandon Miller and get some assets, right? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but if nothing mm-hmm. else, just stay at two and get Brandon Miller um, at that point. But um, so, yeah. That, and well, that, let that me is- ask you real quick, as someone who's firmly in the Scoot Henderson camp, mm-hmm. if Brandon Miller is their guy and then they offer – Brandon Ingram, would you say Herbert Jones and a pick swap or something along that? Would you rather do that trade than take Brandon Miller, or do you just want to rock with Brandon Miller? I think I know really you want Scoot Henderson. I, I think it would still make more sense to stay with just Brandon Miller, just because again he fits the timeline and he's cheaper, um, yeah. and you you have his rights for a lot longer with him being drafted by the Hornets. So I still think it makes more sense just to roll. Brandon Miller. Um, and then my, my last point against the trade packages revolved around those guys. It's just, you know, they, they went to Duke. And so um, I think that's, a, that's, that's just a non-starter for me. Um, I, I say that half jokingly, half serious. I, I am a, a big anti-Duke guy. Uh, I know we've got Mark Williams on the team. So, uh, you know, I, I support Mark, you know, while he's wearing the teal and purple, but yeah, the, the less, the, the less Duke guys on the team possible, the better. So, uh, that's another personal reason why I, why I would beat to other trades if I'm Mitch Kupchak. Hey, Mitch Kupchak's a UNC guy, so maybe he'll take that into consideration. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I know there's probably some fans out there that are thinking, we don't need any more UNC guys. I don't think that's worked out for us in the past, um, which hurts me to say because, you know, UNC basketball fan here too. Um, yes. But I think we're going to close it out on that note. Um, we've reached that point in time. So Atticus. Appreciate you joining me, man. Um, look, we inch closer. Today's Wednesday, so yep. one more sleep, and we're a week away from putting an end to all this. It's either Brandon Miller, it's either Scoot Henderson, it's either Brandon Ingram, it's Zion Williamson, picks, whatever it's going to be, I'm just ready for it to be here, man. Next time, next time people are hearing from us, we'll probably be a couple of days or like a day out from the draft. So uh, the next time you're hearing our voices, uh, we'll probably be tossing and turning and getting ready for the draft. And uh, by the time after that, we'll, we'll know which direction we're going in. So very exciting times. I'm looking forward to seeing what we do and, and uh, all the leaks and info coming out in the coming days. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we'll see you then, guys. <laughs>